Hello, and welcome to Mind Body Green's Beauty Podcast Clean Beauty School. I am your host and Mind Body Green's Beauty Director, Alexandra Engler. On this podcast, we explore beauty through the lens of well being. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking about the intersection of integrative medicine and aesthetic medicine. And to do so, I am having on a woman who knows both very, very well. She is the uh, she is a Beverly Hills uh, physician who is renowned for her approach to aesthetic medicine. And I am so excited to have her on. Dr. Rahi, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I am so excited to, you know, meet you and hear your story and to learn from you um, in the interest of getting to know you a little bit better and letting our audience get to know you a little bit better. Um, I would love to hear your story and your journey into medicine and then, you know, more specifically, um, aesthetic medicine and, you know, skin health. So I've wanted to, you know, enter medicine since I was like a younger young kid and I guess, Initially, when I was thinking about medicine, my whole view was, you know, just like helping people feel better. That was like the the view that I had when I was younger. Um, and then as I grew and, and when I entered medical school, um, there were some like hiccups along the way where you realize that um, the traditional medicine that you're taught is really focused on treating disease. And um, a lot of it wasn't really focused on disease prevention. So um, through my trainings and med school residency, then I like decided to do the integrative medicine fellowship. Um, and then aesthetics always made sense to me because I was always interested in it, like for myself. Um, and I started learning more about it and like, you know, learning the procedures and realizing that I'm really good with my hands. And so it just made sense for me to bring the two together. I want to dive in a little bit deeper on integrative medicine specifically. You know, you mentioned that it um it piqued your interest because it was about you know disease prevention and getting to the root of it. Why was that so important to you as somebody who was interested in medicine? Like, what was that uh, concept? Like, why was that concept so interesting? When I was doing my residency, I did my residency in internal medicine. Um, there, we would just see like what happens is a lot of times these patients like come over and over again into the hospital or like in clinic. Um, we would be both in the hospital and the clinic. And I noticed that like nobody was actually getting better. It was just like sort of a downward spiral of taking medication and, you know, just progressively like getting worse and worse. And I didn't think that that made any sense to me. And I wanted to figure out a way to like live better and healthier even as we aged, even as I aged or, you know, my patients aged. And so that's how I, I was searching and trying to figure out what I was going to do after I finished my residency, because I didn't think I would be happy with, you know, doing the traditional medical route. And it took me some time, but eventually, you know, I figured it out and I found the integrated medicine program um, and I did a fellowship in it. And yeah. Yeah. What is your beauty philosophy? My beauty philosophy is also like what I always say in the clinic is health and beauty from the inside out. So like, I, I think it's important to also focus on like internal wellness in order to like have it manifest on the outside. Um, and so it's not just about like superficial aesthetic procedures. It's about more of like improving your lifestyle and, 
you know, taking the right supplements, eating the right diet, having the right exercise, um, all of those things are very important. And, you know, um, the flip side of that is what is your well-being philosophy? I'm sure there's quite a bit of overlap with what you just said, but I, I want to see if there's anything else to add. So for overall well-being, um, you know, I'm not going to lie, I do work a lot. <laughs> I don't think that's the best thing if you want to have like a balanced, healthy life. But I think um, I like to take it day by day and try to like, you know, do what I can throughout the day to be as healthy as I can or, you know, be as mindful as I can, you know, if I'm stressed, like what can I do to alleviate it? Or, um, you know, if, if, if I feel something uh, um, irregular, like what is going on? So it's more like a day-to-day -day experience. Okay. I wanted to ask when, you know, you look back at your career or just, you know, even when you got into medicine, um, were there any formative moments or formative memories that shaped the way that you approach your practice now? Because obviously you do approach it in such a unique way and you have such a unique point of view. So, you know, I'm curious, were there any moments in your life that were really formative in helping you kind of like shape this point of view that you have? I think growing up, I, I ate mostly home cooked food. And I think that was really helpful in like keeping me healthy younger. And when I started, you know, getting exposed to like what other people ate, that was very shocking to me. Um, so like knowing that diet is really important has always been a thing. Um, and that started probably from like childhood, but overall, I guess like how I like what like formed me into becoming like who I am. It's really just my experiences along the way, like in the medical school residency and then you know taking what i could from there and seeing what didn't make sense to me and then trying to find something that did okay uh, let's get into your practice today and the sort of work that you are doing now uh, help us define what is integrative aesthetics for anybody out there who may not know what you know this field of medicine is. What does this specific part of aesthetics? What does this look like? How is it different from other people and how they approach aesthetics? You know what makes your practice so unique when it combines these two? So integrative medicine really focuses on um, wellness, um, overall internal like disease prevention, wellness, mind-body connection, and aesthetics traditionally is focused on like, you know, beauty enhancements or, um, you know, improving like the superficial. However, um, I find that when I bring it together and like create like a really healthy lifestyle with, you know, the right diet, the right supplements, all of that manifests on the outside. So integrative aesthetics. And when I approach a patient, I don't just, you know, I take it a very like comprehensive approach. And, um, you know, for example, like if somebody comes for acne, it's not just about like putting them on an anti-acne medication, but it's also about like what else is going on, like the hormones, maybe the gut health, um, all of these. So I just bring like both the worlds and I fused it together and it makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Uh, let's walk through like an example of what this might look like. Like say I am coming in, I am, you know, in my early thirties, I am just now getting interested in um, more advanced 
steps with my anti-aging routine. Um, you know, what sort of questions would you ask me? Like, what sort of things are you diving into my skincare and personal history to kind of figure out what's happening? Really, I ask everything. Um, my, if you're going to do an official integrative consult with me, my intake is like 16 pages. So it's like, who are you? Where are you from? What is your medical history? What's your diet? What's your lifestyle? What's your level of stress? Um, what medications are you on? What supplements are you on? Um, just all of that combined. Um, and so if somebody came to me looking for like the next step or what they can do to prevent any further, you know, aging or further decline in their health. Um, it's important to first figure out everything about them as much as we can. And then together with a patient, come up with a plan that makes sense. Um, whether it's like, just like, you know, an IV or like, you know, oral supplements or a diet change, or if it's, you know, all of that, plus, you know, an aesthetic procedure that could help, for example, stimulate collagen in the skin. Okay. What are some of your favorite in-office treatments right now? You know, what, what has, um, yeah, what, what have you been using and like, what excites you? I actually like all the therapies I offer. I think they're all useful. Um, but I really like doing PDO threads. That's always fun for me. It's a cool procedure with great results. Um, and the whole goal of the threads are, is to stimulate collagen and provide like better quality skin. What does it involve just for any of our listeners who don't know? PDO threads are basically, if you think about the sutures that are used in the operating room that are self-absorbable, um, that's what PDO threads are. Um, so they're basically threads. They're um, made out of polymer and your body absorbs it over a period of six to eight months. And in its place comes collagen. So um, and then the procedure itself, I mean, it's, we numb you with injection numbing and then we do the procedure and you'll have a little bit of swelling for up to two weeks, but, um, within a month, your body starts like producing the collagen. So you start seeing the results within a month. And is that more for like fine lines? Is that what that's addressing? Or is that more loss of firmness? It'll like help contour the face. It like provides a slight lift of the tissue, but it's not to be compared to like a surgical facelift. Um, and then it helps to find lines, wrinkles, um, and general like facial tightening and contouring. Okay. All right. So what, what other treatments? Well, um, a lot, I think the more popular ones also is any type of radio frequency with microneedling. I have two different machines that I use. I have Morpheus and Silfirm. So both of those are pretty popular. I don't know what the list of how many services we have, but we definitely have over like 40 services. But um, I'd say maybe those are the most popular, but I do so many different things. Okay. And somebody who is interested in radio frequency, you know, who would be a good candidate for that? And what does that involve? Radio frequency is um, pretty much... Um, very uh, versatile in types of in the type of client that it can be used on. So, it can be used on pretty much like any age range, any skin tone, um, and radio frequency with microneedling together. I feel is really important for anyone who wants to rejuvenate themselves without looking fake, because it creates a very natural rejuvenation. Because you you're basically 
stimulating your body to re regenerate collagen and elastin. And so it's really um, using your own body to, you know, to do this rejuvenation. Whereas, you know, like I'm sure you've seen like people that are overfilled or over Botoxed. So um, I would say radiofrequency microneedling is, you know, pretty suitable for most people who are interested in a very natural rejuvenation that's long lasting and, um, yeah. And, and really it's, it depends on like the person doing the procedure because knowing the right settings of the machines and knowing like how to, you know, do the procedure on different skin tones. But in general, I'd say most people are candidates. Okay. Out of all of the tools that are on the market right now, are there any that you that give you pause that you're maybe apprehensive about or that you perhaps wouldn't offer but are generally popular in the zeitgeist? Like, I'm curious if there's any treatments that you are like, no, that is not for me. That is not something that I would advise people to get. Mm. Yeah, I, I guess um, one thing that comes to mind is I don't really offer Kybella. That's it. That's a service that like it burns fat immediately and it helps like, you know, create like improve like under chin area or like any place that you have like a little bit of excess fat. And the reason being is that I find the results don't look as good as you really want them to. Um, I prefer doing things like Morpheus to help like melt the fat with the radio frequency. Okay. Interesting. So let's say somebody comes in to see you and you, you know, you do all of your intake, your talking procedures, et cetera, et cetera. But then they leave and they go and live their life, right? And and what they do in their life and their day-to-day -day obviously is going to be critical in how your work ultimately ends up looking, right? So what sort of plan and what sort of advice do you give people in the times where, you know, they're not in front of you and they're just out there? You know, what what's your take-home regimen look like? Well, I think that's individualized per patient. I definitely recommend like a really good skincare routine, um, using medical grade skincare or, you know, at least using like some like medical grade and then mixing it up, but ensuring that like it's quality skincare and having a proper routine. But then I also, I'm really big on supplements. So I take a lot myself and I think they're very helpful. So one of my favorite supplements that I think almost everybody should be on is magnesium. I always make sure that um, it just really helps with overall body function and has so many different health benefits and we're all deficient in it. Um, but I think each, you know, what I recommend is more individualized per patient and I'd have to see what their, you know, chief complaint is and um, what they're willing to do to improve it because it also depends on, you know, budget too. Cause there's so many things that we can do. Yeah. I mean, obviously all this stuff is so um, individualized and personalized, especially as someone who approaches this, like you do um, the supplement though, definitely piques my interest. I'm, I'm always curious about what sort of supplements um, uh, people advise taking, especially, you know, those that might relate to, you know, overall skin health. Um, are there any supplements out there that you, 
or what supplements out there that you like for skin? Are there, you know, any that you tend to recommend? There's a lot. Um, again, magnesium, I would say that helps everything for sure. Um, vitamin D helps pretty much everything. And most of us are deficient in that as well. Um, a good probiotic will help balance your gut, which will help improve skin quality. Um, turmeric is always nice for decreasing inflammation. And so that'll help like if you have like some sort of inflammatory process in the skin. Um, CoQ10 helps with like elasticity. Um, I'm just trying to think of all the supplements because there's so many. Uh, Again, it's individualized. Um, I have a choline supplement that I like and that helps your body stimulate collagen from the inside. So there's there's multiple different things that you can take and it's really about how much you're willing to take and what works best with your body. Also, vitamin C is really important for collagen stimulation and detoxification. So taking that orally is important. I mean, that's a pretty good list of supplements right there. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Okay. So what is a good age range of um, when people should start thinking about these sort of healthy aging treatments? You know, is there an age that you recommend that somebody, you know, books that appointment with their dermatologist or their esthetician? Or on the flip side, is there an age where you would be like, eh, slow down, you know, um, maybe, maybe take a few years. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when I was growing up, like in my teenage years, I had some acne, so I would get facials regularly. Um, and that's sort of how I started admiring the world of aesthetics and really liking it. Um, and just like seeing the importance of taking care of your skin and what it does. So I mean, overall, I think it's up to the parents to like, you know, instill good like diet and lifestyle and like avoiding processed foods and all of these things can, you know, lead to premature aging, hormonal imbalances and overall it's just like, uh, like being unhealthy. Um, so I would say, you know, it, from a young age, it's important to like be as healthy as you can, um, trying to stay away from like, you know, bad processed foods and like, um, you know, wearing sunscreen if you're out in the sun a lot. Um, and then I would say it depends because people like different ethnicities age differently. And so that's also important, like to pay attention to that. Um, so in general, um, when I approach aesthetics, my whole goal is for my patient to look natural and, um, for them to age as gracefully as possible rather than creating really dramatic changes in the face or body. Um, so having said that, when, when someone wants to consider doing aesthetic procedures, it would really depend on how fast they're aging and what changes that they, they've noticed. Um, but I'd say around like your mid to late twenties to thirties is a good time for like, I'd say on average, but you know, for the general population, but you know, it's always individualized. Sure. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's good advice. And I think a lot of people just want to know like, okay, I'm in my late twenties or I'm in my thirties. Like when do I just go in and see somebody and at least start talking about this stuff? Cause like you don't necessarily have to start the process when, you know, you go and you visit a dermatologist or you go and you visit, um, an esthetician or somebody like yourself, you know, um, an integrative uh, medicine specialist. It's like, 
you don't have to jump into these procedures, but you can at least start having these conversations if they're piquing your interest, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing, the difference is like when you go to an aesthetics doctor, you have to like seek it out and make an appointment. Whereas like most people have a primary doctor that they've been like seeing from a younger age. Um, and these procedurals, procedures are, are mostly um, elective and voluntary versus like necessary. So, um, you know, I guess it depends on what the patient is exposed to and what their priorities are. Very fair. Um would there ever be a situation where you would opt not to work with somebody, you know, based on what they're asking or what their expectations are? I'm curious. Yeah, that happens a lot actually. And I'm very like comfortable saying no these days just because um, if I just feel like they have unrealistic expectations of what the procedure is going to do for them or they want something different than what I think is right or, um, if they do seem like a little too young, you know, all these different things are important. Um, so yeah, I definitely would feel comfortable saying no, if I, if I don't think that, you know, the patient's gonna like our, our time together, like the procedure is actually going to provide benefit. When we look to the future of aesthetics and skin health, um, I, I feel like there's always so much newness on the horizon and there's so much newness to explore. And as somebody like yourself who stays on the cutting edge of all this sort of stuff, is there anything that's on the horizon or there's anything that's starting to pique your interest um, that isn't perhaps a part of the zeitgeist yet? Um, okay. So there's a few things I'd say something that's like definitely more mainstream now is the idea that you need to like stimulate more collagen in the skin, um, in order for you to like look more rejuvenated and, um, overall look healthier and improve the quality of the skin. Um, and then other things that I would say, what I've really enjoyed and what I really think is going to be the future is the use of peptides, um, in the world of regenerative and anti-aging medicine. Um, peptides are like building um, a bunch of amino acids, like short chains of amino acids, and they all have like different functions in the body. And there's there's like thousands and thousands of peptides, but there's a few that have been isolated that have shown like positive benefits for anti-aging purposes, um, you know, weight loss, um, muscle building. And I think those are really, really important because they'll help slow the aging from the inside. And then you'll probably need less like physical external procedures. So you don't always have to be like running to the doctor for Botox. Oh, fascinating. Um, very, very cool. So, and you said injecting them. So that's. Yeah. I mean, they're like usually self injections, like micro injections that you'll give yourself a few times a week. And it depends on the peptide. And um, just by doing that, you'll notice like significant changes. Like I, I definitely on a personal like level have noticed like improved skin quality, improved hair quality. Um, and so it, I mean, the, the potential is so vast. So that's a really exciting area of medicine for sure. Oh, fascinating. Oh, I love hearing about that. Yeah, I know. It's really great. It's really great. <laughs> that's so cool. Um, okay. So I know that you said that uh, you prefer your patients to use medical grade skincare, which I totally get. And I am definitely on board with that. However, for anybody listening in at home who may not have access for whatever reason, 
Um, are there any ingredients or types of products that you encourage people to use in their skincare routine? Yes. Um, we definitely need um, a good cleanser morning and night. That's super important. And treating the face and the neck the same. So the face and neck using the same products. Um, I recommend having something daily that has a vitamin C in it. Um, so, cause that has like very, it has a lot of antioxidant potential, which will help detoxify the skin and help protect the skin as well. Um, finding a really good sunscreen is important. Um, and then at nighttime, I would say finding, you know, considering a retinol, but you know, you want to be careful because there's some contraindications for that too. So, um, making sure that you're free of any of the con contraindications and, you know, considering a retinol a few times a week per at night, um, and then maybe something hydrating for the skin at night as well, like thicker that can like hydrate the skin while you sleep. Those are really important ingredients that I say most people should incorporate in their skincare routines. And then there's so many other ingredients out there that do various things. And so if you just stick to those and then find other things that work for you, it's good. Okay. When when you were talking about retinol, you said counterindications. What do you mean by that? So, um, oh, counterindication means like you shouldn't be on it. Like you shouldn't be on the medication. Like if you're pregnant, for example, like we shouldn't be on a retinol. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Like if you, it can cause a lot of like pho photosensitivity, which means like your skin can become really sensitive to the sun. So just like if you're about to go to like Cancun for the weekend, maybe you should like not use your retinol for a week before. Um, so just making sure that it's safe for you to use, you know how to use it, you don't go overboard with it, and you know, you're not pregnant. <laughs> okay, so now we are at a part, we are at the part of the episode where we get to talk about what you do and how you take care of yourself. Obviously, I want to start with skin. Um, you know, what what is your skincare routine? And then, you know, what are some treatments that you're doing for yourself? I love getting treatments. I try to do, I mean, I get them often just because I work here. Um, I get um, probably a facial once a month. Um, and I like that not just for the extractions, but also just for like the relaxation part, which I think is super important. Um, I do a lot of procedures for like overall skin elasticity and collagen stimulation. So for example, I have a Forma machine, which is like um, topical radio frequency. And then there's the Silfirm, which I've done recently, which is radio frequency with microneedling. So um, I like to do things um, in terms of that. And then um, with regards to skincare routine, um, if you saw my cabinet, I have so much skincare, but I do try to simplify it. Um, I do try to, um, always wash my face with a cleanser and I have different types of cleansers. Um, I have more exfoliating cleansers. I have a gentle face scrub that I'll use maybe once a week or once every two weeks. And then I have a very gentle cleanser as well. So I actually, um, alternate between those. Um, and when I travel, I think I usually take more of a gentle and a scrub with me. Um, and, and then I'll definitely use something with vitamin C and I like to layer on, you know, some serums. It'll usually be two to three, like a serum and a hydrating, um, moisturizer. Um, and I started using a lot of, um, skincare from Elastin recently. They have a lot of different peptides in their skincare. So, um, I like skin, skincare that like uses like really 
like advanced science because I feel like it just the results are so good. Um, so for example, I use a lot of skin better skincare as well. And that it's like really advanced products that really penetrate and make a significant difference. So that's usually daytime. And then in terms of like a sunscreen, it depends. Sometimes I use like a tinted sunscreen and sometimes I'll use like just a regular sunscreen. Okay. Yeah. Usually mineral sunscreen because those are better for you in general. And like they, I feel like they look better too when you just put them on the skin. Um, And then my nighttime routine, I definitely wash my face again with a cleanser. Um, and I will put some sort of nighttime serum, whether it has a retinol in it, or, um, I've been using, um, maybe like once every two weeks or once every four weeks, I'll use like a glycolic overnight, um, mask. And I get that one from SkinCeuticals. It's really nice. It's, um, it's very effective. Like you'll wake up and your skin's just glowing. Um, and I love using like at home face masks, like a charcoal mask. I'll do that like every two weeks or every four weeks. It depends. Um, and then obviously all the supplements and peptides and all that is incorporated into my routine. All right. Pretty, pretty good routine there. I, uh, I'm taking notes. Um, and then I obviously want to ask you how you take care of yourself as a whole. Um, and you know, the, the well being part of of your routine you know do you have uh you know priority things that you need to fit into your day to to help you feel better whether that be working out or you know making sure you get your greens in or whatever it is well one of my favorite things in the world is working out one of my favorite things is yoga however past week or two weeks i've been like so busy i haven't been able to like properly do it but um i think yoga is super important um and I also love getting acupuncture and cupping because that helps like release stress and like toxins and like it just like releases your body really well. Um, I like I like to do uh, like various things to help me decompress because I feel like in my work, I'm like constantly using my body and my brain. So there's like lots of different things I have to do on a regular basis. Um, but I'd say on the more regular basis, it'd be some sort of exercise. I like to alternate my exercises, but yoga is one of the most consistent things that I do. Um, and I love using like the sauna or steam room. I think that's really important too, that it really helps detoxification as well. Yeah. Well, all around good routine. You're somebody who clearly practices what they preach. (laughs) Thank you. It's hard. I mean, I, I talk about it, but like sometimes it's hard to like really implement it when we have like really crazy busy lives. So Sometimes I just tell myself that I'm a human and it's okay if I like miss one, one workout or, you know, which I think is also a critical part of a well-being routine is to give yourself grace when you can't fit it in. Yes, I agree. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and, you know, explaining all of the cool stuff that's on the horizon and, you know, you're really, um, you know, revolutionary practice that you have and all the amazing advice that, you know, folks can hopefully take home and start implementing in their day to day. I I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. I know how busy you are. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I hope my information was useful. I think, you know, when you like look at it from like a very holistic perspective and like look at the patient as a whole and like as a patient, you also engage in your own healthcare. Everything just becomes better for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the advice you gave is 
um, good, solid advice that anybody could, you know, pick and uh, parts from that they can implement in their own life. But especially the last thing that you just said, I think is great advice, you know, inspiring people to become their best advocate within their own health um, and being a part of the process and being a part of the journey with their healthcare practitioner. I think that is one of the biggest lessons that I've learned in my life. I think it's so important that like, as a patient, you feel empowered to be a part of the journey. Yeah, exactly. I agree. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today. This is so fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. For more beauty content from the team at MindBuddyGreen, you can always read along with our content at mindbuddygreen.com, follow us on social media, and of course, tune into next week's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to rate and review us. And if you ever want to reach out with questions or insights, or thoughts, you can find me on Instagram at alex underscore Blair underscore. Thanks so much for your time.